cheers to side boob because the <laughs> editors of this episode were really working hard to make sure that we didn't see any of it from Jojo to side boob. Ah, to side boob. Cheers to that, a Bachelor franchise podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to exploring the big stories and questions that only a cultural touchstone like The Bachelor can inspire. I'm Stephanie Jackson. And I'm Josh Jackson. Grab a drink and join us on Cheers to That. All right, gang, it's Fantasy Suite Week, and we're in Jamaica, which, you've guessed it, is the perfect place to fall in love. Um, so we got to have a cocktail that fits right in there at a Sandals Resort. Um, so... It's time for the painkiller, because you know after the week that Kayla's had, she can use one. Uh, This is a delicious combination of fresh orange juice, fresh pineapple, some nutmeg, some coconut cream, and of course, some Jamaican rum. To make this cocktail, check out the link in our show notes, and I hope you enjoy it with us. Cheers. All right, my beloved partner in life, it's Fantasy Sweets Week. We are enjoying what? Every week is Fantasy Sweets Week with you, baby. <laughs> I got the key and everything. <laughs> and by that, I mean I'm eating some fantastic sweets right now. You guessed it, hazelnut filling M&M's. Mm. What? They're better than any Chris Harrison Fantasy Sweet note. I mean, it doesn't come with like a weird, creepy old skeleton key from like the 1800s. Use this to unlock the secret door to your room. Uh, So, before we get into any recaps or any heavy discussion, we got to talk about this very important accomplishment that our man Ben Higgins has arrived at, and that is he invented his own verb. And that is, when you want to, you know, say something nice before clinking your glasses, you would say we're going to give a toast, but he's turned cheers into a verb. So, I'm going to start cheersing everyone. So, cheersing to that. Ben Higgins has had an awesome reputation for using vocab uh, accurately at all times throughout this season. So, hey, why not? You know? He's a regular Billy Shakespeare. <laughs> all right. So, it's Fantasy Suite Week. We're getting close to the grand finale, and there's lots to explore. Let's get into a rapid recap after you finish that big old handful of MMs. <laughs> uh, my mouth is full, but rapid recap. <laughs> So here we are. We're in Jamaica. It's paradise. And um, it's also a really great place to fall in love. I mean, if anything proved it, it was Michael and Jan going there in the office season, whatever. And Michael sings two tickets to paradise. As it turns out, we are seeing all the dates happen at Michael Scott's favorite place to have a date, which is Sandals. With, as he put it, the world's largest freshwater pool. So here we are. Ben reviews all of his memories with the three remaining contestants so far. And all of the recap footage of JoJo is super goofy AF. Yeah, it's basically an audition reel to be the quirky heroine of a romantic comedy. She's clumsy, you guys. Meanwhile, Kayla is off staring in the distance, uh, looking like she's modeling for Athleta or something. Yeah, it's mostly tie-dyed, moisture-wicking activewear. But like on a pier, so, you know, deep. Kayla and Ben enjoy their date drifting down the river, and it's very, very 
quiet. Yeah, apparently if you're not willing to talk about anything other than how excited you are to be on a date, you burn through that conversation topic pretty quickly, leaving awkward silence in its wake. So apparently the fantasy suite is unlocked by an antique skeleton key. Don't mind the ghosts, just shoo them away with this vial of holy water. Moving on, next up we have a herpetology date with Lauren. I want to usher the sea turtle hatchlings onto their destination of the big wide ocean where they will have to thrive and survive for a hundred years. It's, it was so nice. I want to do it. I'm definitely preferring this reggae band to all the D-list country acts we normally get. Meanwhile, I prefer a reggae band never. Ben saying especially during this romantic moment totally kills the vibe for us. Yeah, all he needed to do to make it any better was be drinking an espresso during it. We get a nice and easy morning after their date, and Ben drops the first L-bomb of the week. He loves Lolo, you guys. We get a very hard pivot, and we're off to a copter ride with Jojo. I wonder how many people go to pilot school thinking someday I'm going to fly helicopters for lots of attractive 25-year-old Instagram influencers on The Bachelor. I mean, they've got to know that's like their biggest customer base at this point, right? So did anyone else catch the weird blur on JoJo's side boob? Yes, I cheersed to it. Uh Uh-oh, we get a second L-bomb of the week from Ben. This does not bode well. Yeah, and you can see it all over JoJo's face. She actually said, what? That's a direct quote. After the date, Ben says, I wish there was some sort of guide to help me through this conundrum. Yeah, and he's saying this over a shot of him displaying his tattoo on his side of Proverbs 16.3 from the Bible that says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. Ben, look down. Just, like, down and to the left. It's right there. Ben and Jojo stay the night in the Romeo and Juliet villa. Yes, nothing says true romance like family feuding and double suicide. Uh-oh. Ben shares in an ITM that he needs to call it off with Kayla. So naturally, we cut to Kayla seeing how confident she is in the relationship. I feel like they probably really teed her up for this one, which is so mean. Mean Bachelor producers. They probably told her to go over to the house, too, and play peekaboo with him. Wow. Ben truly is the axe man. It's pretty rough. He doesn't even really pretend to be that happy to see her. He's just already moved on. Even when Kayla is melting down, she still looks like the perfect Disney princess. Yeah, there's a special art to being able to cry prettily, and um, she's got it down. So I'm imagining the thought process that Lauren and Jojo are going through at this point. So we're in a rose ceremony with two women and two roses. Wait, we're actually doing this? But you never know what could happen. Ben could take away one of the roses. He won't, but he could. All right, and that's the recap of the entire episode in about five minutes. So let's get into some deep dive discussions and see what life lessons we can glean from this gem of a show. I really like this episode. I know 
it's been gotten a lot of hot water for this, but I really enjoyed it. (laughs) It's, it's, It's just pretty amazing to see somebody compartmentalize to that great a degree. I mean, how do you even do that? <laughs> I mean, it, he, he does the perfect thing where if you are just not feeling it for someone, you can always just say, well, other relationships were just further along, which is true, but it's like the ultimate like political move. Just like, oh, yeah, like I don't actually have to say that I find you annoying or we're not compatible. I can just say, oh, you know, other people were doing better. And and, it, and the, answer, the response is always, well, why? Why weren't we better? Why weren't we further along? So it never actually answers the question. It just skirts it. And the contestant always has to deal with the but why question afterwards. Well, and it's really difficult with Ben. I think that we're getting a glimpse into what has probably happened to Ben with a lot of women in his life. Um, he is... Very attractive, very charming, but he's also a bit of, like, a template of a man. I'm not trying to be rude here. Like, I think, I know that he's, like, an individual and he has his unique idiosyncrasies and interests and strengths and weaknesses and blah, blah, blah. But what I mean is there's something about someone who is that good looking and charming and tall and all American that I think a lot of women probably project so much onto him. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kayla even said that she broke up with her boyfriend because she saw Ben on TV. Right. Like that's, that's weird. You guys like that doesn't happen to most people. That's literally the premise of sleepless in Seattle. It is good memory. We love you, Nora Ephron, RIP. Um, But, I just think, like, I think back to when Olivia was saying, she was talking to him, she was saying, like, I like to talk smart and, like, intellectual things are my jam. <laughs> I don't think intellectual things are Ben's jam. I really don't. Like, I don't mm. think that he is, like, stupid or anything, but I just don't think that he's, like, really into having, you know, intellectual discourse or doing ex- extensive reading or things like that that Olivia was referencing. And so for her to be, like trying to relate to him in that way it just it just showed me that she was reading him wrong like thinking that someone who is very attractive and charming to you is therefore like going to be compatible is not very logical (laughs) yeah and i think all the women have been doing that i think kayla has been doing that it's hard to imagine ben like looking up from his coffee and going so what are your thoughts on camus or John Paul Sartre. Yeah, I'm I'm going to bet against that ever happening. But, you know, he could surprise us, I guess. I mean, guys do it to girls all the time, I mean, especially in high it's school. True. They see girls who are really pretty and they go, oh, she must be sweet and kind and or whatever. And it's like, dude, she's like any other girl. She has all kinds of other personality traits that you don't know until you actually talk to her. And we call it creepy and stalkery when it's a guy doing it to a girl. But yeah, girls can do it to guys too. Like, he's... He's rugged and handsome, therefore he must be the perfect husband in every in every way. Yeah, they idealize him and they fill in kind of these gaps that are inherent to being on this show and like you don't really have tons of time to get to know the person. So if they, you know, you can pretty easily fill in those gaps with whatever you want to be true about him, whether it's true or not. So my big hang up with the whole Kayla edit, especially this last episode, it, it brings up a, a, a deeper issue that... It's always frustrated me with this show, and that is the idea is you you are the lead, and you're going to go on basically a bunch of very fancy rapid speed dates with 27 women, 
or 27 men or whatever it is and you're going to pick a you're going to pick your bride at the end of it um and that is supposed to be a 10 week stint it's actually more like five or something like that but like what's very frustrating is okay so they're going down the lazy river in jamaica and obviously kayla is not giving off a lot and i understand that but all ben can do with his time and they got lots of time is he says like hey it's gonna it's gonna be a great day it's gonna be a great day just be excited okay yeah i'm excited like he never stops it. Are you excited? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. Box checked. But like, you have all this time. Like, ask her a question. The idea is you're going to find your bride when this is over. Like, you would think, I only have another week. I need to, like, learn all I can. Like, he never asks her any questions. And this is true of almost every lead, uh, definitely the male leads. You never see them ask questions like, like, do you want to have kids? Or like, do you actually do you go to church or do you have any siblings or or like like what are your like how do you vote you know there's no, nothing actually significant that ever gets talked about on the show and the idea is like it's like you're going to want to know about these people with the time you have and they never actually ask any questions during the time they have they just have fun you know it's frustrating and in the case of this date with Kayla like they're not even having fun because they're not talking about anything like I said I mean all they're willing to talk about is like oh how do you feel about this oh like I'm nervous oh but I'm excited um but I'm but I'm happy I'm just gonna be really really great and to be fair that chicken looked awesome <laughs> so I, I love some jerk chicken maybe oh they talked gosh. maybe maybe it was off camera maybe they talked about a chicken they should have it looked great but other than the chicken I mean yeah it just you would think that they would i don't know discuss like what is your friend group like like what's it like to live in denver what's it like to live in new york or wherever kayla is i think it's new york and just something you know like they needed a little bit more a little bit more creativity although i do kind of wonder if at this point ben's mind might have been made up about that's that is something i thought about too (laughs) about her he may have just been like i don't know i enjoy having her around because she's pretty but yeah, he may have sort of run out of steam at this point too. He and, may have been not motivated to ask any questions. And spending a good portion of your date with a very uninterested guide taking you down a very tranquil river, it doesn't really allow for a lot more conversation. What are they supposed to be like? Oh, look, a frog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's, it's tough. I, I think about what the contestants are thinking. So like, if you make it to this point, you basically had this truncated version of an entire courtship because in the first one or two dates you go on with somebody it's all about woo you know it's all about like being on your your sunday best like in a job interview you, you don't you don't show them your the ratty toothbrush that you haven't replaced in six months they only know what you look like when you have makeup on etc cetera, etc cetera. but then when you guys are getting serious and it's been a year and like you've met the parents, et cetera, et cetera, you don't, you don't even bother with that stuff anymore. You're doing real life stuff. And so it's almost like you have to be at that phase in the courtship by now before you can get on to that final, that final two phase. So, so it's not only on him, I feel to ask her questions It's on her to ask him questions because she's like, it's like Madison said in Peter's finale, like 
The contestant is getting married here too. Like it matters to the contestant who she's marrying. She's not just some random, like she's not some uninterested prize. Yeah, know? or just like there to be of of service to the lead's right. success story. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it just frustrates me that they just kind of sit there and stare. And I understand that she's kind of bottled up because what she's thinking about is she wanted to confront him about like her jealousy, you know, that there are two other girls and it's making her uncomfortable. But it's like, dude, like you got to use the time that you have. I mean, she could have turned it around. Like she may have not been the one to go home if she had used her time better. That's my take. Yeah, and I think there's something to that because you see how JoJo behaves around him and she's always up and funny and chatty and peppy and teasing and, you know, joking around with him and saying like, stop and Ben and what? And, you know, I mean, he really enjoys that that energy. And, you know, what the one like descriptor he had of Kayla before this awkward date was Kayla's really bubbly and I really like that, you know, and it's just, sorry, I'm doing a little Ari. I love that. Um, <laughs> but no, he's, he's like, Kayla's really bubbly and she's, you know, she's the happiest person. And it's like, okay, but well, you know, if you just like the energy that she's putting out when she's around you, it's going to be really difficult when she is not putting out that energy because she's a person with multiple, you know, modes of operation. Um, <laughs> So and the and you see that I mean it 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 sort of sabotages the whole thing because Jojo is able to maintain that somehow um, despite likely having jet lag and also being in a situation where there are two other women and uh, that works in her favor but uh, Kayla isn't and you know once you're not putting out the right vibe I guess uh, the whole thing sort of falls apart yeah they can't all be the winners you know um, there's one thing that this episode brings up that I think is worthwhile. And it's not about the contestants or the lead. It's about you. We're going to talk about you for a second. So It's the sweetest thing you've said all week. <laughs> well, it's still early. Um, there was this funny thing that went around Facebook where people were saying, like, list things that you don't like that everyone else likes. And I don't have a big list, especially when it comes to food and music, because I'm, I'm pretty open to a lot of stuff, and I love food, but you have a bunch of weird stuff, and one of them is tied to this episode. So, you're not into celery, like you really hate celery, you really hate bacon, everyone loves bacon, but also, you really hate reggae, and everyone loves reggae. So, I'm, I'm excluded from everyone now? because I don't like this super annoying style of music. Somebody else, please let me know that you also don't like reggae because I don't get it. It's, oh, oh, it's so annoying. I will say there are a few Bob Marley songs that I really like because because Bob Marley is like, let's face it, like the most palatable, you know, like just No Woman, No Cry is a good song. He's timeless. He He's, likes timeless yeah. stuff. It's like saying like, you don't like crooners, but you like Frank Sinatra or something, you know, like, right. yeah. Um, I mean, No Woman, No Cry is good. Redemption Song is good. There's another one, too. Uh, what was it? We've also had a very harrowing experience with a, a, a cover band that we went on tour with at one point. Who, who It was the worst tour I've ever experienced. And there was a lot of Bob Marley in the set. So that does color our experience. Oh, and uh, I Don't Want to Wait in Vain for Your Love. That's a good song. But mm -hmm. I feel like that's not even like a reggae song. Like, I feel like that's just like... Mm -hmm. Like a love song, you it's know. It's reggae light. Yeah, I just 
please don't force me to listen to oh, Burning to, Spear or something. I don't even know what that is, but no, I don't want it. You don't no, want no steel drums, no, yeah, none of that. But you know, I'll drink a painkiller and sit on a beach. But you know, just I'll put in some headphones. That's all I'm saying. So here's another thing that was bothering me this episode. Something that got brought up is in the terminology of the show, you have you have like this kind of spectrum. You have I can see myself falling in love. I am beginning to f- to fall in love. I love. I'm in love. And one that the Bachelor contestants always trot out like a very special show pony. I do love you. I do. I do love you. <laughs> so my question is this. When, when people say, I love, and then when they say, I'm in love, what does it actually really mean? Because that's... It's a conversation that I remember having like in like high school or something. And it's like, what does I'm in love mean in terms of a relationship with someone that that wasn't covered by I love? You know what I mean? It's just this weird kind of terminology that like means something. It's, a, it's supposed to mean something, but it actually, it's all very cryptic to me. I think if you took a side by side of Ben's love conversation with Lauren and his love conversation with Jojo you would see a very big difference in vibe because with, and I mean, he sort of shoots himself in the foot a little bit later by repeating this over and over and over with both women. I was like, dude. Which we still need to talk about. Oh my gosh. But with Jojo, I felt like it was kind of like, I love you too, Jojo. Like I really, I care about you. I care for you very deeply. I love Mm -hmm. you. Mm Mm-hmm. And she reciprocated with, oh, my gosh, you're in love with me. I'm in love with you. Ah!" And they carried on, you know, just whomping this up, amping it up further. And that, you know, I think was a bad idea. But yeah, Um, with Lauren, I feel like it was a much more classic. Lauren, I'm in love with you. You are the one for me. I, I, I'm so glad to hear that you're in love with me because I'm also in love with you. It was like a declaration. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think if you were to like hold those up side to side, you would, you would kind of see the difference, at least from Ben, that he, I, I think in the moment he meant them in really different ways. I don't know that he would ever admit that. And I don't know if he ever does, but just watching it through this time, I was like, I don't know. Like those don't seem like the same sentiment behind those words, mm-hmm. even though they were very similar words. I mean, do you think do you think in love connotes like a a more intense state than love? Like love is too general, but in love is very specific. Um, well, I can go. I know I sound like a robot with these questions, but <laughs> what is love? <laughs> Why do you cry? <laughs> well, I could have a conversation with one of our mutual guy friends pick one and say all right well i really love you and i I just want the best for you and i just hope this works out Mm -hmm. and you would not think that i was like cheating on you (laughs) um if i went up to one of them and i was like i'm in love with you (laughs) then we'd have problems (laughs) Um, you see what i mean like it's although i I know our mutual guy friends and i can't see that being a threat you don't have to worry about me being in love with any of them (laughs) but i i really think that that's what i'm saying like i think that for the purposes of this show 
it's really wishy-washy because they use all this kind of language like I'm falling for you or like I'm on the road to falling in love with you or I'm really I really have strong feelings for you and they use all these euphemisms and like dance around it because they are all very like you said their time is truncated but also they're all very emotionally immature and terrified for some reason of love I don't understand that but (laughs) but but I really think I really think like Ben meant Jojo you're cool I love you Mm-hmm. I don't think it was Jojo. You're the woman of my dreams, and I want to grow old with you. Well, he, did, which is what I think he meant with Lauren. I think he said in ITM, "I'm in love with two women." I think he said it several times. Yeah, maybe that's where he landed after he said it. But I'm just saying from like a on a visceral level, just like in the moment, because I don't think that he was like thinking about what he was saying before he said it. Mm-hmm. I think he had to like do damage control after he said it. And then he's like, oh my gosh, this means I'm in love with two people and this is really, really hard. Right. Um, I think like just on a gut level, he was just saying how he felt and how he felt was different. It wasn't that he felt equivalent passion for both of them mm-hmm. that was like the same in the amount and the quality. I just don't think it was. I think that... Maybe he he landed on that after he said it. Maybe the producers like led him to that. Maybe they were like, "Hey, did you realize what you just did? You said you love two women. Are you in love with two women? Oh my gosh, I'm in love with two women." You know? Oops. I don't know why all of a sudden they're Yogi Bear slash uh, <laughs> Larry David. No, I don't know. <laughs> or Bernie Sanders. Hey, if you are in love with two women, then America is just it's it's going down the tubes. That, I don't, I'm not very good at doing Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I promise I'm not crazy. I could do lace. Yeah. You're, it's, it's just a very, it's a weird thing because you just don't hear the term I'm in love in normal everyday language in America. You only, you hear it in the show and it has a connotation that means basically I've arrived at the pinnacle. I've arrived at the, I've made my decision. Like you are the one for me kind of thing because this whole show is predicated on like, love looks like a paperback grocery store novel you know well and it's very much predicated on the idea that we have soulmates and like you have to find the one yes and this show will help you find the one and it's like well that's just not really haven't we disproven this by now yeah i love this happens in every single season someone defends the process like the process works but it's like the process has worked for maybe seven couples in the entire running of the show yeah i'm pretty sure the odds were better for the people who went on love is blind and got engaged in the pods so (laughs) that's not not a real good endorsement for the process so speaking of love we got to talk about this double l-bomb drop uh, because it's significant on multiple levels Number one, Ben broke the rules because you're not supposed to show your hand this early. Yeah, I love it when JoJo is like, after she says, what? She says, are you allowed to say that? Exactly. So he he shows his hand and it's, we still got three episodes left or something like that. And and then he shows his hand to both women, which is like super no-no. Yeah, and it's especially unfair to them because they don't know what he's saying to the other people. So for all they know, they're the only one he's saying this to. And so they get this like injection of confidence that they didn't have before because they're like, well, surely he wouldn't say that to the other people. (laughs) Surely. 
Well, so, I mean, it's I, I don't fault him too much because we have seen this behavior in other leads. You know, Ari, Peter, there's a couple before him where there's kind of this tension that builds that kind of goes off script. The problem with like Ari and Peter doing it is that they had the tension between the two finalists, which is fine, but they went back on their choice after the fact, after they after they did the the ringing exchange and everything. That I think is is not cool. It's not wrong that up to this point Ben is totally conflicted. He it's just you can't make a decision and go back on it. I think that's really screwed up. So at this point I don't blame him too much, but it's just, man, I think there's a better way to go about this than to let yourself get that swept up in two contestants so intensely and show your hand to both of them. It's really not good. Well, especially after he was so careful on the hometown dates, like with JoJo's brothers. I mean, he is like, I really care about her, but he wouldn't give any kind of like, they they kept asking for some kind of assurance that like, you know, she's the one or like he really cares about her like on a on a lasting level or like, you know, he's basically they wanted to know that he wasn't jerking her around and he just sort of like took it, but he didn't give any solid like I'm in love with her or I am, you know, I, I want to see the two of us at the end of this. He didn't use any of that kind of like veiled language that he could have used to reassure them i mean he just sort of like took it and was like okay yeah i understand how you feel and right and he even kind of did that with lauren's family too um and he didn't ask for any permission for hands in marriage or anything like that i mean he just didn't give any indication that he was that serious about it and so it was kind of a a weird about face and intensity for him to bring that out when he knows or he should have known that people in general and people especially who go on to this this show take the l word very seriously and right. for them it's 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 a it's a big signifier of of like oh well we're i'm the one you're choosing right like we're i'm going to be at the end of this and like we're mm-hmm. you're seeing this through with me right like i mean that's he must have not known that's what he was communicating cuz yikes <laughs> I think, um, as I recall, when he says it to Jojo, like Jojo was kind of like gushing and just being like, I just, like she wanted, she wanted some kind of, um, assurance or something. And I think he just felt kind of, he felt bad for her. Like he didn't want to string her along anymore. Well, she said, you know, my love language is words of affirmation. And she really wanted that, that feedback from him. She wanted that kind of reassurance. And I mean, he's a nice guy. I guess he wanted to give it. Whether he could follow through with that or not, which is is kind of awful to say. I mean, I, I hate to say that about him, but I think that's kind of what he did. Yeah, I think there might be a people-pleasing factor in there, um, which so many leads kind of fall prey to. You don't see it as much with the female leads. You definitely see it with the, the male leads all the time. Yeah, I mean, the word validation is used repeatedly in this franchise. Like, I just needed that validation. I just, I mean, God bless Peter. Like, I just needed that validation. I just needed that validation. It's like, Peter, do you need, like, I don't know, like some motivational magnets or something on your fridge (laughs) to give you a little boost in the mornings? Because, like, you're doing all right. You're cute. You're a pilot. You know, your mom really likes you a lot. (laughs) In other Bachelor news, um... I think they're just delaying Claire's season, it sounds like, because of 
the coronavirus and mm-hmm. there was some rumor about like bachelor in quarantine i don't know what that entails but i would watch it i'm not gonna watch listen to your heart but you know i'd watch some version of bip slash winter games but just people hanging out in quarantine together i mean it'd be cool but making it, tiktoks i mean it'd be cool but it would just it's just it just Indicative of just everything, like just ev- everything is just a, a, a sad shadow of what it was supposed to be. Like, Here's your consolation prize. Yeah, just like there's like you know, uh, nonprofits are throwing like virtual fundraisers and churches are meeting via Zoom, and it's just all depressing. And I and like no wonder there's like riots popping up here and there because people just can't stand it anymore. Like they'd rather be sick than to, to stay home another week. Yeah, John Krasinski is doing a virtual prom. It was very sweet, but it was like, oh, poor kids. I, I know. Like if, if you if you're watching the the good news with John Krasinski, which you should, it's amazing uh, on YouTube. He, he on the last episode we watched, he throws a virtual prom for these kids who can't go to prom, and. It's really cool. It's a great gesture, and there's a bunch of celebrities that show up and stuff. But my gut reaction was, this is depressing. These are people who never get to go to prom again, and they're just having a fake prom in their living room with their dads. And it's like, oh, dude, we can't do this much longer. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's unprecedented, and obviously it's important to, you know, all do our part, blah, 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 stay home. And I really don't want to – I'm not trying to, like – minimize that it is important it's just oh we're all just tired of talking about it and and feeling it and living it and i'm just really looking forward to the time when the bachelor franchise puts something out that's normal and so i really hope that claire crawley season is wonderful and that it feels like a classic bachelorette season mm-hmm. and it feels like a return to to the normalcy that is ridiculous and producer manipulated and full of telling off and tearful exits and gimmicks at limo exits and it's just i don't know i want that i want that (laughs) well that was was so frustrating was it was gonna be so anticipated because claire seemed like such a good balance of like typical bachelor crazy but also older then the average, I mean, like, you know, these, these leads are like 22, 24. Like, so some of these contestants are like, are like eight years younger than the lead sometimes. And it's like, this is going to be a lead that was, um, a little more seasoned, had a little more experience and just, and it was very articulate and very aware of herself. And like, like people in podcasts and, 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 um, blogs are just like super excited. It's like such a, a pattern, like such a theme for this year is a bunch, like, it was going to look so good, and then it all got exploded. Like it, yeah, twenty twenty sounded so cool, but it, it's not cool. Hashtag twenty twenty vision. Um, let's do it. Let's get a do over, please. Um, yeah, the glasses have been broken. None of us can see what we're doing. It's just it's just a big blurry mess. But when it happens, oh, when it happens, clear season is going to be amazing. I cannot wait for it. Um, but I guess no BIP this year. Is that happening? I don't think it's happening. Yeah. Uh, BIP is my Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, well, let's drink another painkiller. Yes, please. They're so delicious. And uh, we'll catch you next time. We're going to do a a one-off for the uh, Women Tell All coming up. And then we'll do a 
a twofer, the uh, the final episodes of the Ben Higgins season. So enjoy it. Uh, grab yourself another drink. We'll see you on the other side. It will happen eventually. It's it's good to know that Palm Olive and Toyota really care. They like to let me know every time I turn on the TV. Um, yes, all the commercials are here to tell us how the corporations are going to get through this together with us if we spend our money with them. Well, cheers to that. We'll see you next time. Cheers.